0: God said it, we are working our way through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, January to December, uh, we have made it now in past Isaiah, Jeremiah, we got a lot of more prophets to go through, but Lamentations is right here on the hills of Jeremiah, and uh, and we're going to spend today talking about Lamentations, and, and what the message of Lamentations is, and, and what I believe God wants us to understand and learn from the book of Lamentations, but uh, the reason we titled, the reason I titled all the messages this year, God said, is because God, who is outside of time, has spoken into time. God said, let there be light. Boom, there's light. God said, let there be fish. There's fish. Uh, I was up to the campground at 9.30 today and preached up there, and there was a guy up there who really likes to fish. And so I said to him, I said, aren't you glad God said, let there be fish and teeming creatures in the oceans? And he just grinned and went, yeah, like that. See, so so God spoke all this into existence, right? We've got the written Word of God, which is the Bible. This is God's Word, all of it. Uh, we are not called to be uh, editors. There were, There's one author, over 40 writers across a couple continents and a couple thousand years that all this was written down for us. And God, by His Spirit, has preserved it for us to this day, and so we can count on the reliability, the, I say, inerrancy of God's Word. This is the Word of God. God didn't call me to be an editor. We've heard a lot about redaction this week. God didn't call us to be redactors. We can't go into the Word of God and start marking it out with a sharpie. You're not allowed, okay? We're supposed to read it, discern, and obey. That's what God called us to and then the living word of God is Jesus himself. And lamentation kind of falls in the middle of God's little story arc here uh, of what's going on in history. We're still in the nation, but, but now we've seen the nation destroyed and hauled into exile And the city of Jerusalem has been burned and raised and the temple has been taken apart stone by stone and all that beautiful cedar work and everything that was put in there by Solomon has been, just been taken apart and all the gold and silver and all the valuables have been hauled out of the city, hauled out of the temple, all down to Babylon. And now we're going to see the response, all righty? Lamentations chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. Lord, see how I am in distress. I am churning within. My heart is broken, for I have been very rebellious. Outside, the sword takes the children. Inside, there is death. People have heard me groaning, but there's no one to comfort me. All my enemies have heard of my misfortune. They are glad that you have caused It. Bring on the day you have announced so that they may become like me. Let all their wickedness come before you and deal with them as you have dealt with me because of all my transgressions. For my groans are many, and I am sick at heart. So now we've made it through the Ezra-Nehemiah books and seen how they were in exile, and God let them come back, and and then we go through the Psalms and the Proverbs and 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 unfortunately, Song of Solomon fell during the week, not on a Sunday. And so, y'all didn't find humor in that. It's okay. All right. And then we made it to Isaiah and Jeremiah, and we spent a couple of weeks in both those books. And so we've seen how, how their disobedience led to their destruction and how the prophets were there to tell them that their disobedience leads to destruction. Remember the two messages of the prophets are judgment and comfort. God says you'll be judged for sin, but comfort will follow. And so as we look at lamentation, here's the thing. And I put the outline out of of order, Caleb, but don't worry about it. Leave it like you got it. Look down here at verse 21. It says, uh, he says, all my enemies have heard of my misfortune. They are glad that you have caused it. So see, what he's writing right there is almost this this, this expression of, I'm in bad shape and it's your fault, God. You see, this charge against God, to charge God with my misfortune. Uh, The city's been destroyed. The country's been hauled off into exile. People have died. Children have died outside in the streets. And, 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 And you caused it, God. You see, so, when you look at this, this charge against God, because I want you to, we're going to make a current day uh, sort of illustration and, and kind of parallel to this. How many times do we hear God, hear people blaming God for their misfortunes? Right? Oh, it's God's fault that I'm in a bad place. It's God's fault that this happened. He could have stopped it. That's the one I hear all the time. Oh, God could have stopped that from happening. Right? So, so here you go. Let's go all the way back to the beginning in my little picture here. God could have slapped the fruit out of Adam and Eve's hand and we'd all be living in a garden. Think about it. I mean, that's what it means to charge God with the punishment for my sin. God, it's your fault that I'm in a bad place. Not my fault, I... Right? I mean, think about our culture and our society and how much we hear that. We blame God for, 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 for the, the aches and pains and ills of sin. Here's what I want you to know. The point of today's message is sin is the source of suffering. Okay? Now, there's not that direct correlation of cause and effect, but the whole world we live in is a fallen existence because of sin. And so when bad things happen, it's because of sin. Somewhere down the line, it's because of sin. I tell people, you want to see the effects of sin, look at the gray hair next to you in the room. We age because of sin. Okay? I see. She's picking on yours, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> Didn't know I could see that far from here. No, I'm just kidding. See, that's the thing. The grayer I got, the more I was going. Oh, that sin, man. Every ache and pain I got. Oh, man, sin. You see? But but my discomfort is not God's fault. Okay. Guess what? There is judgment for disobedience. Anybody ever experienced it? Now I've told all the stories of my childhood. I catch it all the time, right? I mean my mom and dad they were rod kind of parents. Spare the rod, spoil the child. I should be perfect. I mean seriously. But well, they didn't spare the rod. But I want you to see that 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 this idea, all right, so Jerusalem, remember, several prophets leading up to the destruction warned them. The northern kingdom of 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 Israel has already been hauled off into Assyria and 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 been made captives and and put into bondage in Assyria. Well, then Nebuchadnezzar comes up and conquers Assyria and takes all of the people of Assyria, including some of those Israelites, and takes them into bondage down into, into Babylon. Then he comes against Jerusalem. He comes against Judah three different times. The first time... He comes against them and hauls some of them off. Second time, he hauls some more off. He actually attacks Jerusalem again, but he doesn't conquer the city. He comes against them a third time and builds siege engines against the walls of the city. And, and it, it, it purposefully to destroy this city, to take the walls down, to take the temple down, to burn it all up, you see? And so we know that, and, and I'm one of those folks, I believe Jeremiah wrote Lamentation. Matter of fact, history and tradition tell us that all the way back deep into, into Israel's history, Jewish history, is the belief that Jeremiah wrote Lamentations. And it's Lamentations that really leads a lot of people to <coughs> call Jeremiah the weeping prophet because throughout this, these five chapters, throughout the message in the book of Lamentations, you just see this, this intense Sorrow. Our questions: why? Why do we see Jeremiah's sorrow? Is it because his city's gone? Is it because the walls are torn down? Is it because the people have been hauled off? Is it because the king's... Zedekiah was blinded and taken into, into captivity? Is it because of all the hurt and misery and all that kind of stuff? Well, that's the question we're going to answer today because the charge of sin, the charge of judgment and punishment is not simply that we can say, well, it's God's fault. The charge of sin is to charge me, to charge me with the guilt of sin. See what what Jeremiah says there, Lord, see how I am in distress. Okay, I'm in distress. Why am I in distress? Because of judgment. I am churning within. My heart is broken. Why? For I have been very rebellious. Very rebellious. Wait a minute. Is this the Jeremiah we just read about in all those chapters, 52 chapters of the book of Jeremiah? The one who went and warned people about sin? the one who went down to the potter's house to see the potter's clay, the one that saw the visions of the measuring line, the the one who was paying attention to God, the one who was listening to God. I mean, you know, if Jeremiah were to walk in here, we'd all look at Jeremiah like, woo, spiritual giant. Because he hears from God. He pays attention to God. He goes out and delivers God's message to God's people. This prophet of God, right? And yet we hear from Jeremiah's own, own writing, his words, for I have been very rebellious. Outside the sword takes the children, inside there is death. Now, there's, there's a part of this where he's speaking on behalf of God's people, Right? Because he's a prophet, and and he's speaking God's word to God's people, but in this he's speaking on behalf of God's people. He says, people have heard me groaning, but there's no one to comfort me. Folks, we know this in our culture, in our society. The pain of, of just evil around us, the things that are going on in the world around us, some of it very devastatingly hurtful. I mean, we've had events in Surf City this week that have never taken place in this community, right? I mean, y'all saw the headlines and the news and all that sort of thing. Um, I, they, they let me be one of the chaplains for the police department, so, so I got the phone call. So I'm sitting with the folks who are involved in this thing. And here's the question over and over again. Why? Why does this happen? Well, that's not the time to get into a theological discussion. But here is the answer. And I did say this. Because of evil. Because of evil in this world. Because evil in the hearts of men and women and mankind. Why do bad things happen? Because guess what? There is evil in this world. If you hadn't seen it, and just you've been walking around with your eyes closed. There's evil around us. And so, so people want to then start to, well, you know, I wish I could have stopped it. Or, or how could I have prevented this? Right? Well, guess what? Bad things happen. All the time. Now, by and large, I think, for some of us, they don't always happen to us. But in that moment when it does, all right? Now, when I said a while ago that it's not necessarily cause and effect, all right? Sin is the source of suffering. We live in a fallen world. Matter of fact, all of creation groans as Paul writes, under the effects of the fall. All right? So so what we see in the world around us, when when people so uh, like Adam and Eve standing in front of the tree, I want to be my own God. I want to make my own choices. I want to live my life any way I want to. I want to act any way I want to. Right? When we see that, we realize that, you know, sin... We're the charge of sin. Kind of the charge back, right? Think about it. Uh, sin gets paid, y'all know that? Sin gets paid. You know what the wages of sin are? Death. Paul told us so, right? Sin gets charged. So, so I get charged for sin. Now, Sort of the, the macro picture of that is as we all age. There's a beauty promise in this thing. And yet, if we don't see our sin, then, then we ignore what, what, what God is doing in the world around us. And what so he says, Let all their wickedness come before you and deal with them as you have dealt with me because of all my transgressions. You see that? Let all, their, let all this, this wickedness come before you and deal with them as you have dealt with me because of all my transgressions. For my groans are many and I am sick at heart. Folks, we're not supposed to take sin lightly. You know, there's there's that phrase in our culture, I'll just blow it off. We're not supposed to think minimally about sin. We're supposed to listen to the Spirit of God in our lives and call sin, sin. Sin is sin is sin. And God doesn't bless it. Matter of fact, God punishes it. Okay? Okay? So so when we see the effects of sin, understand, that's the charge against me. And yet, the promise, the promise is that God took the charge in the death of Christ on the cross. Man, every time we'll sing a song about the cross, and I, I have to guard myself from singing those songs. I usually sit right over there. We'll sing something about the cross, and tears will just start. round about Easter time, man, we sing a lot of cross songs, right? And tears just run down my face. I'm just thinking, God, you did that for me. You took my punishment. You took my death. You did that for me. But that doesn't give me permission to run up my account. You see that? So, to see sin for what it is. I mean, Paul tells us to avoid all appearance of evil. Not simply to avoid evil, but to avoid the appearance of evil. What looks like evil. And yet, we live in a world that's, that, that, that's fulfilling prophetic word, and we're calling evil good and good evil. Evil. I mean, in the world around us, man, we're celebrating things and, and throwing praise for things that we ought to be weeping over. So I, I sent it out. If you read the, the, the gathering in the Word, and you got yours yesterday evening, the uh, New American Commentary, the writer F.B. Huey, sort of wrote this summary of the book of Lamentations. I'll share it with you. It's in the gathering in the Word. If you want it written down, you can get it there. Number one, the wickedness of any people will eventually result in the disintegration of that society. Number two, we should never take God's past blessings as assurance that they will continue when we continue in sin. Number three, our nation and our churches are subject to God's judgment when they are no longer faithful. Number four, God fulfills his word. God does what he says he's going to do. And number five, though many solutions for human suffering have been proposed, ultimately, the only satisfactory way to deal with it is through deep and abiding faith in God in spite of the circumstances. Folks, when you're going through a bad time, God is compassionate and loving and meets you in that bad time. God says I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. God says when you pass through the deep waters or when you walk through the fires, I will be with you. Folks, we're going to suffer. I mean Jesus said so. He said, you know, in this world you will have tribulation, but remember, I have overcome the world. Man, I look at all this stuff and I'm thinking lamentations. i would be honest you, as we were approaching a lamentations and it felt that we were going to be on lamentations, I think chapters one and two today. And I thought, you know what? I know I've read lamentations, but I don't remember it. And so as I read these chapters months ago to pick out the text and the passage and the, and the title for today's message, I thought, you know what? I see the sin. Do you? Do you see the sin in our culture? Do you see the sin in our society? Do you see the sin in your life, in my life? Are we asking God to show it to us so that we might confess and repent and turn from it? All right, so... I'm going to put this up because the last thing I'm going to tell you about is an illustration. You ready? How many of you have seen the the sort of Christmas movie and shows called A Christmas Carol? Anybody got a favorite? What's your favorite rendition of A Christmas Carol? Which one? Muppets Muppets Christmas Carol. Okay, thank you very much, Patrick. (laughs) it's, It's mostly senior adults up at the campground. They said George C. Scott. I was like, I remember that one, too. Yes, I remember George C. Scott. Alistair Sim. Sim, Alistair Sim. I'm sure I've seen it, I just don't remember it. What else? Scrooge, yeah, that's the whole story. Uh, Scrooge, Do you mean the movie Scrooge. Gotcha, all righty. Did you raise your hand now? Oh, I thought you had your hand up a minute. Today. Who else? Anything else? All right, so there's a character in A Christmas Carol, right? His name's Jacob Marley. When Marley appears in the night, well, what's your first impression of Marley post-death as he appears to Scrooge? Chains. Bondage. Anguish. The Bible over and over talks about Sin as bondage. This this, this inhibiting, this weight. And, and it's in some of the older versions where you can just look at the lengths of the chain and it just looks heavy. That's what sin is, folks. Now, sin obviously is the abomination to God, but sin for us is this, this weight, It's a slavery. And Jesus sat down in the synagogue and he said, I have come to set the captives free. See, if you know Jesus, God has freed you. You know, there's a song we sing, I hear chains hit the ground. You know, and that's every time I hear that lyric in the song, I think of Jacob Marley. I hear the chains hit the ground. See, God has freed us in redemption. He has redeemed us. He bought us back from the fall. And He has given us hope and He's given us life. And I like going through the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians 5. He's given us love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. See, man, that's what we have in Christ. See, Jeremiah didn't know that. He knew it was coming. He prayed for it before the end of Lamentations. It was coming, but he didn't get to know it like we know it. See, that makes me throw my hands up. And usually when I throw my hands up, it goes, whoo, like that. It's just like a mechanism. yeah, Right? Folks, we have a freedom in Christ that lost people don't have. We have a liberty. We've been set free. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, we want you to know Jesus. We want you to experience that liberty, that freedom, that, that casting off of bondage. You see? The sin that God corrects at redemption is the sin of rebellion. See, if you don't know Jesus, you're in rebellion against God. And that's a heavy weight to bear. See? None of us are perfect. All the perfect people, raise your hand. See? Look around. Nobody. Nobody raised their hand because everybody knows. We're all fallen and broken, but we have been redeemed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And we are new creations. And now we're supposed to go out and live it by the power of the Spirit in us. Okay? If you don't know Jesus, we want you to know Him this morning. We get to sing a song in a minute. We want you to pray, talk to God, answer God, because God's asked of you from His Word this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you today for this day that you have created. You've made it for us to rejoice that we can be glad in you. And I want to thank you for everybody that's here. And I thank you, God, that that you loved us and and you continue to love us. And, And even when we were lost and dying and your enemies, you reached out in love to us through the shed blood of Jesus. And so, God, today, I just pray that we would pay attention to you and listen to you and know, God, that. That you're calling our names this morning. Maybe there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus. And you're calling them by name. You're saying, come, know me. There are Christians here this morning that have let too much of the world have an impact on their lives. And so, so, so they're, they're, they're distracted and, and weighed down by the practice of sin in their lives. And God, you're saying, come, come near, come know me. So God, help us to, to run to you this morning. And God, we just want to be the people you've called us to be. So if there are folks here who need to be a part of what you're doing in this gathering, God, I just pray that they'd run to you. But God, help us as a family to grow in you. God, I thank you for today and all that you're going to accomplish in us. God, all the things that you're going to do through us as we encounter the world that needs hope. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.